Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz Gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. It's time for Montana's only daily sports talk show. Nuwana's Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! You remember when you're a uh, little kid? I guess you have to be of a certain age, but you go through and you pick the petals off the flowers. She loves me. She loves me not. If we were on TV, you could see the pile of betting tickets I got in front of me. What a weekend of NFL action it was, and what a bad weekend of betting it was for me. <laughs> Welcome in. Nuana's is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I shouldn't say that. It was actually fine. But I was thinking big. I was going into the weekend thinking, man, I'm going to have stacks upon stacks of Benjamins. Not so much. The Bills, 13.5-point favorites. They only win by three, and that only was the beginning of what was. Actually, that wasn't even the beginning. The beginning happened on Saturday night. Regardless, I got a stack of tickets. A couple of them got money on them. Most of them don't. But that's what makes the NFL the greatest spectacle in America today, and we have plenty of NFL talk for you. We also going to talk some hoops uh, because we are in the heart of basketball season. We'll give you some of the top high school scores from around the state of Montana. We'll also give you some Big Sky Conference commentary. I uh, actually, we were down at uh, Dahlberg Arena watching the Grizz, uh, 30-point victory over Idaho State on Saturday night. Also tracked the cat game and watched it uh, most of the first half, but I just rewatched it. Uh, did a lot of work from home today, and I rewatched the Montana State game. And uh, the the Grizz got their hands full on Saturday with Montana State coming to town. And it's just interesting to think that that's a statement that I say because forever and ever and ever, the one th- thing that you thought that Montana would always have an advantage in over Montana State was men's basketball. Not so much. I think the Cats are certainly the team to beat, not only in the rivalry game on Saturday, uh, but in the Big Sky Conference as well. But before any of that, they got to play tonight. Both Montana and Montana State men's basketball on the road. The women's teams are in town. Lady Grizz hosts Eastern Washington. The Montana State women's team hosts Idaho. So we'll take you all the way around the wide world of basketball in the state of Montana and the Big Sky Conference, all the way around the wide world of football. Uh, in the NFL, it's our standard Monday slate, a little Montana basketball slash football hour here for the first hour uh, of Nuanas now, and then the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty, except for, for the first time ever, we won't have Coach Marty. So it'll just be the Monday afternoon quarterback with yours truly, Coulter Nuanas, uh, here from the ESPN MT studio. Our guy, Marty Mordeweg, 25-plus years in the National Football League, our NFL go-to guy, our best analyst we got. 
And by the way, what a thrill for me it's been uh, to become great friends with Coach Marty and uh, get to wrap football every single week here uh, on the radio dial. Uh, such a great man. Uh, I've learned so much from him from a professional and football perspective, but also just about life. Can't wait for golf season to roll around. Uh, but it's been a thrill for me to just be able to hang out with a guy every week that, I mean, I hope everybody out there that listens to this show appreciates it, whether you're listening in the on the radio airwaves in Missoula or watching on TV or streaming on the ESPN MT app or listening on the podcast. No matter how you're tuning in, we appreciate it. But to truly have a guy who still talks pretty much daily to people in the NFL, a guy that coached everybody from Brett Favre to Steve Young to Jeff Garcia to Donovan McNabb, Michael Vick, Joe Flacco, Lamar Jackson, I mean, on down the line. It's incredible, man, to have this guy sit in the radio studio with me every single Monday is awesome. Coach Marty's in Tokyo, so he'll be back next week. Uh, In typical Marty fashion, he's like, oh, my plane lands next week at 345, so I'll just come straight to the studio. I was like, Coach, you don't have to come straight to the studio for the radio show if you've been on a plane for 29 hours or whatever it takes to get back from Tokyo. So, uh to be determined whether Coach Marty is here next week, but he won't be here this week, but that's okay. A wild, wild card weekend around the NFL, and uh, we will take you through all of it. Nuana's now. Uh, that's your show outlook uh, here on your radio dial and on uh, your ESPN MT app. No SWX today. Uh, they're playing, I don't even know. It's my favorite game to see what they're playing on SWX that's not us. Um. Yeah, I don't know what's playing on there, but we're not on there. We'll be back on there tomorrow. We'll be not on SWX on Mondays for the next uh, probably five, six Mondays, and then we'll be back into the normal flow. So if you want to see us, if you want to see me, uh, just go download that ESPN MT app. This is, uh, that's your show, Outlook Montana Football Hour and Monday Afternoon Quarterback with Coach Marty, except for no Coach Marty. Show Outlook presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. Wahlberg TV, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any and all real estate questions you might have in Western Montana. Give the Wahlberg team a call today. You can also always stream the show, 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live. Appreciate you for always letting me know when the live stream is not up and running as well. Um, for whatever reason, sometimes it just clicks over to uh, the satellite, the national satellite feed. And it's an easy fix for us. We just got to know. And uh, I obviously can't be listening to the stream while I'm broadcasting on the stream. So anytime it is, you know, you go to tune in on 1029ESPN.com uh, and it's not us between 4 and 6 p.m., just tell me. And I can tell those guys and they'll go get it all fixed up. I appreciate uh, all of the, the inquiries and all of uh, you guys for letting me know when it's not rolling. If you want to be a part of the show, 406 888 that's triple eight one zero two nine. Before we get to some hoop stuff, first of all, um, <laughs> like Charles Barkley always says on uh, Inside the NBA, put it on a T-shirt. Whenever he's saying like common sayings that people say, or if they have a good saying that they always go back to, uh, I think that my T-shirt for this show should just say the only thing about sports that I truly passionately care about is being correct. That's all I want. I just want to be right. I don't have any emotional rooting interest really left in anything, and I think that I finally got the final nail in the coffin with the Minnesota Vikings yesterday. We'll get to that in just a minute. But uh, 
It, it really is true. When you ask me who I'm rooting for, I'm rooting for whatever I told you was going to happen to actually come true. Or I'm rooting for what I feel to be the correct analysis of a situation in the sporting world. That's what I'm rooting for. I'm rooting to be correct. That's it. That's it. That's all. That's all I got left. <laughs> so all I really want is to just to be right. This has been so far both in Big Sky Conference men's basketball uh, as well as uh, now lately in the NFL a season of vindication, though, for yours truly. A couple that come to the top of my mind. Uh, Northern Colorado, who, by the way, they did get their first Big Sky Conference victory, but they started out 0-5 despite having a bunch of sort of uh, brand-name, quote-unquote, players like uh, Dalton Neck and uh, Dalen Kuntz and Matt Johnson, a bunch of veteran guards that shoot the ball really well. I... Picked Northern Colorado 7th in my preseason poll because I thought the loss of Bodie Hume was going to be really, really uh, impactful for them. I also thought the loss of Kurt Jokuch was going to be impactful. But uh, I feel vindicated. Not that I ever root for somebody to start 0-5 in league play. That's not a fate I think any team deserves. But Bodie Hume was the straw that stirs the drink for uh, Northern Colorado. His absence and their struggles, I feel vindicated. I also voted Dylan Jones as my preseason MVP in Big Sky Conference men's basketball. After watching him Thursday in Missoula and uh, Saturday in Bozeman, uh, well, first of all, after watching him Thursday in Missoula, I felt incredibly vindicated. He played lights out. He was awesome. He hit five three-pointers. He also had 21 defensive rebounds. He was the head of the snake both sides of the ball for Weber, and he led them to a a thrilling last-second victory over the Grizz in Missoula. Then, after watching Dylan Jones in Bozeman, Going up against the other guy who's the front runner for Big Sky Conference MVP, Jabril Bello of Montana State. All right, maybe a little bit less vindication because Jabril Bello's really freaking good too, man. Uh, we'll get to that here in just a minute as well. But of all of the things that I feel vindicated in, and if you're a sports fan that lets your team's uh, success and results or lack of success and uh, losing impact you emotionally, I feel sorry for you. I got so many texts from around the wide world of, of my my friends and, and people that know me and whatever uh, about the Minnesota Vikings uh, not being able to stop anybody yesterday and losing to the uh, New York football giants. I assure you, I am perfectly fine. I have no emotional uh, reaction to this other than feeling happy. Why do I feel happy that the only team that I am a sports fan of left in the world got drilled by uh, the the sixth seed at home? Well, because I thought it was going to happen. I, and it's not that I'm some pessimistic, oh, woe's me, my team always loses. No, 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 it's none of that stuff. I never for one second this year thought the Vikings were that good. I said it on the show every single week. I said I think the Vikings are a fine team, a, a just fine team. Here's my full-on thought, though. I think the Vikings were like a 9-8 and or 10-7 and team this year. They just happened to pull out a couple of the most incredible wins in the history of, of, of the National Football League, including rallying for the, from the biggest margin ever in the regular season to beat the Indianapolis Colts. They're down five touchdowns, and they came back and won. They also went crazy back and forth with the Buffalo Bills, had no, no right to win that game, and they still won it. Well, that's what takes you from 10-7 and to 13-4. and the Vikings truly, by the metrics, which I'm not a metrics and analytics guy really, but the Vikings from a true metric standpoint had the single luckiest season in the history of the National Football League this year. They had an inflated record. They also benefited 
from Aaron Rodgers and the Packers being terrible. So, you know, you talk about in a division that is pretty largely mediocre, and then you talk about pulling out a couple epic wins. I mean, it was a fine season for the Vikings, but watching the Vikings and the Giants, those two teams are on the exact same plane to me yesterday. The only reason that that was an upset was that the Vikings were at home. But the Vegas line indicated that. The Vikings closed before the game kicked as only a two-and-a-half-point favorite. You know what that means? That's even money. That means Vegas thinks that this is an even matchup, and the only reason the Vikes are a two-and-a-half-point favorite is because they're at home. That's it. So that's all to say that I thought the Vikings were a pretty – and I'm not saying they're bad. I, I totally expected with what the Vikings have on their roster, I thought the Vikings would be a fringe playoff team. I thought they'd be like right there in the five, six, seven range, wild card, playing on the road. Okay, so what's the difference here? They won 13 games. They played at home. They lost in the first round of the playoffs. It's exactly what I thought was going to happen, except they were playing at home instead of on the road. So it doesn't break my heart at all because did you watch the game yesterday? I mean, you got what? The 19th best quarterback in the league? Kirk Cousins, it's over for me with him. It has been for so long, but... There's all sorts of scuttle right now on Twitter saying, oh, for everybody that hates on Kirk Cousins, you don't know what you're talking about. The Kirk Cousins was far down the list of why the Vikings lost the game yesterday. Well, first of all, you want to know why it's always going to be Kirk Cousins' fault? Because Kirk Cousins is the most overpaid player in the National Football League. Kirk Cousins is the reason the Vikings are awful on defense. They gave up 450 yards to Danny Dimes. Come on! I mean, first, the, the Giants deserve a ton of credit. Brian Dable's a great coach. He's got Daniel Jones' mind right, and Daniel Jones looks like, finally, a guy that deserved to be a top-10 pick. I think he's going to have to be the quarterback of the future there with the New York Giants. Saquon Barkley is back uh, to full form, finally. And that's exactly what you thought you were getting when you drafted him out of Penn State. So credit to the Giants for sure. But the Vikings were just awful defensively. I mean, they gave up 450 yards of offense. That's crazy in an NFL playoff game at home. Why is that Kirk Cousins' fault? Because he's getting paid $30 million a year. You can't sign anybody on defense when you're paying your mediocre at-best quarterback. If you're going to pay the guy like you're going to pay Kirk, he's got to overcome a bad defense like Patrick Mahomes often does. He can't sit there and just he can't just be average himself when you are so bad on defense because you're just going to be stuck in neutral. I could go on and on and on about this. We'll talk more about it. But I had – oh, is that really 10 minutes long? Yeah, no, we're not going to do that. Let's just, let's just punch that out of there. I had my bit about Kirk Cousins uh, from earlier this summer about how it's the worst quarterback situation in the NFL. Maybe we'll play it later on this week. Maybe we'll say it for the offseason. I didn't actually realize that I had gone off about it for 11 minutes. I told those guys to make it into a bit. I just sent it to them off my phone. I was thinking it was like 90 seconds. I didn't realize I actually, well, that's why this show is pretty good therapy because sometimes you just get to uh, get a lot of stuff off your chest. The point is, it's always going to be Kirk Cousins' fault, but more than anything, the Minnesota Vikings are just stuck in neutral. We'll get back to the NFL a little later on. Let's dive in the Montana Basketball Hour. You're listening to Nuanas now on ESPN Radio and the ESPN MT app. We'll be back on SWX Montana Television tomorrow. The Montana Basketball Hour is presented by Blackfoot Communications. If you've got a small business that needs help setting up its network or you're just in town, you want to find out the fiber capabilities that Blackfoot Communications has, visit Blackfoot Communications online at goblackfoot.com.
Blackfootcommunications.com. Blackfoot Communications, probably presenting the Montana Basketball Hour and helping you connect to more. Let's look at our Stockman Bank scoreboard. Uh, Big Sky Conference style first, and uh, then some high school basketball as well, and then we'll have some uh, analysis for you as well. On the women's side of uh, the Big Sky Conference this last weekend, huge win for the Lady Grizz. They go on the road. They were down late in the third quarter, but they absolutely dominated the fourth quarter. It's probably the best quarter, especially in the second half, that this team has played. I don't know if it's all year, but certainly during conference play, certainly. And Montana runs away from Idaho State and Pocatello, 77-68. So good win for the Lady Grizz. Sammy Facken went crazy. She had a career-high 28 points. Carmen G. Feller joins the 1,000-point club for the Lady Grizz. And they win for the third straight time. And so they are 4-2 and two in league play going into tonight's home game against Eastern Washington. So uh, that's an interesting one for sure. Montana State, they completed the road sweep, and so they keep pace. They are 4-2 in league play as well. They went to Weber State and won 80-65. Leah Beattie, she played great. She uh, had 26 points. We had talked about her last week on Around the Big Sky and Women's Hoops with Krista Redpath because Montana State, they have these, these stalwarts in their seniors, particularly Darian White and Cola Badbear, and uh, they have so many other really good players, but they've all been sort of I don't know, passively taking turns. And and I just think you need to have three really good players to be a true league champion. And I thought that Leah Beattie's the one that needed to step up and and be that third uh, player for the Cats and even probably be, I mean, because White is such a distributor, right? I actually think that Beattie should be their their go-to scorer, their number one scorer. And she did that uh, against Weber State. And, uh, I mean, she she was lights out. I think she hit six threes. She had 26 points, so great game by Leah Beattie, and Montana State keeps pace. A couple other unlikely results from Big Sky Women's Hoops. Stockman Bank scoreboard. Stockman Bank, your Montana brand of banking. Northern Arizona bounces back from their Thursday loss to Portland State uh, to beat Sac State 77-67. Eastern Washington beat Idaho 74-59. So don't look now, but Idaho has lost three in a row, and uh, John Newley's squad Looking for some answers before they go to Bozeman tonight to take on Montana State. And then Portland State, who'd won two in a row after knocking off Idaho and knocking off NAU. Two good wins for Portland State after 23 consecutive Big Sky Conference losses in women's hoops. Well, then they fall to Northern Colorado. Uh, the youthful Bears, nine freshmen on the roster, three in the starting lineup. And Northern Colorado wins their second Big Sky Conference win, 75-56 over Portland State. Uh, on the men's side... In the lone game of the week for the two squads, Eastern Washington raced past Idaho 95-74. Sac State guts one out and emerges with a 59-56 win over NAU. Montana State had no trouble with Weber State. They were up 20 in the first half. It was 39-19 at halftime. And then the Bobcats counted his crew 67-52 over Weber Portland State hits a buzzer beater to beat Northern, excuse me, Northern Colorado. Portland State hit a buzzer beater to beat NAU on Thursday night. I'm sorry, I got this score typed in backwards, and now it's making me, it's making the the uh, the hard drive glitch out a little bit. Excuse me. Portland State won on a buzzer beater on Thursday, and then they lost by two points to Northern Colorado on Saturday. So that's uh, UNC's first league win, and then Montana an 84-55 win uh, over Idaho State. 
Nuanas now, Montana Basketball Hour presented by Blackfoot Communications and our Stockman Bank scoreboard. Here's a couple of high school basketball scores from uh, over the weekend. First of all, Hellgate swept Sentinel in the crosstown matchups here in the Garden City. Um, the uh, Hellgate girls posted a 51-39 win over Sentinel, and then the uh, Hellgate boys had no trouble with the Spartan boys either. So Hellgate looks like the top Missoula squad on both sides, and, and they're both led by great seniors. Connor Dick uh, for the Hellgate boys, he had 28 points against Sentinel, and uh, Alec- Alex Colville, who is uh, headed to Washington State, the six foot six center for the Hellgate Knights girls basketball team. She had 14 points and nine blocks uh, to help lead the uh, the Hellgate girls. A couple other scores of note from the uh, from around the state of Montana. Billings West beat CMR. This is boys basketball. Billings West beat CMR 63 to 40. Bozeman beat Skyview 65-57. Bozeman Gallatin, who uh, is on the come up, they are a top five team at least in the latest poll. They won 67-61 against Billings Senior. Butte Central beats Stevensville 71-38. Drummond beat Victor 57-32. Hamilton beats Dillon in a thriller in overtime 61-60. Great Falls beats Belgrade 61-56. Helena beats Kalispell Glacier 57-45. Helena Capital beats uh, Kalispell Flathead 58 to uh, 37. Missoula Loyola, they had a huge win. They are one of the best teams in Class B as well. They beat Deer Lodge 70 to 22. Polson gets a good win over Ronan 61 55. Uh, and then in girls basketball, Billing Senior beats Gallatin 62 55. Skyview, the defending state champs, they drill Bozeman High 71 38. Billings West uh, destroys Great Falls CMR in girls hoops 70 to 40. So the Billing Schools. A good weekend for them uh, in Double A, and uh, they look pretty tough to beat. Dylan beat Hamilton in a Southwestern A key matchup, forty-five forty-one. Great Falls beats Belgrade fifty-eight forty-seven. Helena High beats Kalispell Glacier fifty-eight forty-nine. Helena Capital beats Kalispell Flathead forty-seven twenty-eight. Uh, Missoula Loyola a forty-point victory over Deer Lodge seventy-four to thirty-four. Steve I, big win over Butte Central, 66-59. And maybe we'll come back to some of the other uh, Class B and otherwise scores uh, from around high school hoops. Montana Basketball Hour, presented by uh, Blackfoot Communications. Uh, Andrew, Andrew Houghton, our uh, man behind the glass. What, uh, what, if anything, do you have as far as reactions from the Big Sky, men's or women's? I'll just leave it up to you. What, uh, what stuck out to you? From uh, this last Saturday of action. Well, Coulter, I think two different narratives on the women's and the men's side, almost diametrically opposed narratives. And I know the Idaho men didn't look great when they came to Missoula, but Eastern Washington just continues to handle their business, right? Oh, and 95 points is just going to open some eyes no matter what. I mean, Idaho can be as bad as you possibly want them to be. They're still a D1 basketball team, and Zach Klaus wants to play defense. They run a similar defensive scheme to Montana. So if you're giving up 95, the other team is filling it up. I mean, it takes a full comprehensive team effort to get almost 100 points in a men's college basketball game. That's exactly right. So I think that's sort of my biggest takeaway from the weekend on the men's side is I think we're starting to see things coalesce around Eastern Washington as maybe the team to beat in the league this year. I think Montana State is still right up there with them. Those two teams played a great game a couple of weeks ago, but I think that 
it's starting to become clearer and clearer that the Eagles are going to be a contender this year. In the women's league, I've got the exact uh, the exact opposite reaction to the games this weekend, Coulter. It just keeps getting more and more muddled. I mean, yeah. Sac State had got off to a great start, and NAU had faltered a little bit. Well, NAU goes in there and beats them by double digits. Idaho State had started off well. They played close games against the Montana teams, but two losses for the Bengals this weekend. And the Montana Grizzlies were sort of able to to right the ship a little bit because that's a good win down there in Pocatello, especially winning it in the fourth quarter the way that they did. Uh, Eastern Washington knocking off Idaho by double digits. Idaho, another team on the women's side that looked like a contender, looked like a team that, that might be in that top tier. You go and you lose to an inexperienced Eastern Washington team. It's just it's difficult to know what to make of these results on the women's side. It's difficult to draw any conclusions from the results on the women's side. Uh, so a little bit of, of opposites this week for, the, for uh, the men's and the women's sides. Well, so here's my thought in terms of the primary narrative in the women's league. And it's that the, the primary narrative of the women's league over the last year and a half or so has been the five new coaches, five out of the ten teams had new coaches last year. I guess there was 11 teams last year because Southern Utah is still in the league. But five out of 11 teams had brand new head coaches last year. And then three of the teams have coaches that have been there for 15-plus years. Well, now we're seeing that same thing accelerated, though, because I think that Trisha Binford at Montana State, Seton Sobolewski at Idaho State, and John Newley at Idaho, they all know that it's a it's a, a marathon, not a sprint. And so playing well at the end of the year is going to be the most important thing. I also think, though, you're going to see some unlikely results, what, what seems like unlikely results on paper, because you never know when it's going to click for these young teams. I mean, Northern Colorado, for example, scored 40 points on Thursday night. <laughs> then they hit a bunch of shots and scored 75 against Portland State. Portland State gets their first two wins in more than a year, and so they have some confidence, but can they carry that forward? That would be interesting. We'll talk more about that dynamic uh, with Krista Redpath. I also think, too, uh, Andrew, that your, your thought about Eastern Washington, they have the most consistent system because even though they've had three head coaches over the last 15 years, they're still running the Jim Hayford system, which is like the extension of the Randy Bennett system at St. Mary's. A lot of spread stuff, ISO stuff, and – it's just a, it's an appealing style to watch. You can also put a whole bunch of different types of players into that system. And I think that right now Eastern Washington's playing as the best team in the Big Sky. They look like the most cohesive unit. They seem to have the rotation the most defined. And uh, David Riley seems to be getting what he needs out of each of the guys in that rotation. That said, after having rewatched Montana State from Saturday, the Bobcats are the most talented team. And I actually don't think it's close for two reasons. One, I think Raekwon Battle, I've said this since the beginning of the year, and I'm going to keep on saying it, I think he's one of the most dynamic athletes in the entire conference. But more than anything, though, nobody's got the answer because it used to be if you have a dominant big man like Jabril Bello, if that guy gets in foul trouble or, or you do something to you know, trap him or take the ball away from him, you can get him to be a, a non-factor in the game. Okay, that's fine. You get Bello to be a non-factor in the game. Guess what? Who's probably like the one of the three best posts in the league? Great Osobar, their backup. 
Osamar has better post moves than Bellow. He's just not 260 pounds yet. He's still probably get 240, and he's definitely a load. I just think that the, the, the two-headed monster there on the block makes uh, Montana State uh, tough to handle. Nuwana's now the Montana Basketball Hour. We'll talk more Bobcats. We'll talk more Grizzlies, and we'll hear from Danny Sprinkle and Travis DeCure right after this. Keep it right here. Nuwana's now, ESPN Radio. College Athletics is a fundamental part of the fabric of our communities in Montana, and it's the stories of these young men and women that drive our passion at Skyline Sports. Coulter Nuwana is here. In 2015, my brother Brooks and I founded SkylineSportsMT.com. As a lifelong athlete, Brooks has an elite knowledge of football with a deep perspective with his time spent playing safety for the Montana Grizz football team, while I won a collection of sports writing awards, including 2010 Washington Sports Writer of the Year during my time in newspapers. Together, we can offer you the best sports journalism in the state with crisp writing, unbiased reporting, cutting-edge photography, and a grassroots feel that belies the corporate takeover of modern media this day and age. As Montana natives, we have a deep historical knowledge of the fiercest rivalry in the West. We share a combined 22 years experience involved in the Big Sky Conference. That experience gives us unparalleled knowledge of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics. If you'd like to experience this with us, visit SkylineSportsMT.com and subscribe for only $8 a month or $90 a year. SkylineSportsMT.com. Every day, every season. ESPN Radio. As I've been uh, just continuing to analyze and ruminate about the uh, the phenomenon that is the NCAA transfer portal, I try to think to myself, what was I thinking when I was a you know 21, 22, 23-year-old young man? I'm 35 now, so I definitely have been out of college for uh, a Significant amount of time. Last I was in college in 2009 for the last most recent time. And uh, anyways, I, the reason I keep thinking about this is this: the extended eligibility of of athletes now is crazy. I, I'm thinking about this right now because Cleveland Thomas, who was a uh, senior wide receiver for the Montana State Bobcats last year, a transfer from Kentucky. He has been granted yet another year. He was a graduate transfer who had an extra year because of a medical red shirt. <laughs> now, this last year, he missed a couple of games because of the, the eligibility issue scandal going on at Kentucky. He was suspended for a little while because of that. Not really his fault that he's back in the fold. He just announced he's coming back for yet another year at Montana State. I think there's this cliche out there. I mean, Bobby Houck has said it multiple times. Montana head coach said, well, if you could be in college forever, wouldn't you? And I was really thinking about it the other day. I had a great time in college. If you know me or you know anybody that knew me, I promise you, I had a great time. A phenomenal time. Can't really think of a better time you could you could have at the University of Montana. Um, <laughs> but I digress. What I was thinking about, though, when I graduated from school, I, I was working at the Missoulian part-time, writing some feature stuff for him, covering some games, and uh, I had a couple other writing gigs with some magazines and stuff like that. But I remember that I lived in Missoula for that next, um, I guess, seven or eight months until then I got a job uh, in Ellensburg, Washington. And uh, I took that job as a sports editor, the little, little newspaper there, and uh, that sort of was the launching point for my, uh, my journalism career. Well, I was really trying to think about how I felt in that moment in time, and I was thinking about how I certainly had, like, the itch to just do something else. I, I love Missoula. I love my time in Missoula. 
a bunch of my friends were still in school. They were all on the five or five and a half year plan. I was not. I got it done in four years. But I was ready to go, ready to leave, ready to go try something new, ready to go on an adventure. Just because. No reason besides just being 22 and just wanting to go do something else. And so I think about that all the time. Twofold. One, when kids are getting these opportunities to go somewhere else to finish out their career, I mean, put yourself in their shoes. When you were 22 or 23, if you had the opportunity to just go transfer to UCLA, wouldn't you do that? (laughs) But on the other hand, though, I also sort of see when guys maybe are just over it or they want to move on or, or I don't know, I think that there's also the other side of the narrative is that it's a lot harder to play six or seven years of college football than anybody gives these guys credit for. And I actually can't believe how many guys want to do that. Uh, so that's the other side of the coin. Nuwana is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Little Montana basketball and Montana football hour. We'll talk more about transfers and retentions on the football fold here uh, in just a little while. But more uh, on the weekend that was. Uh, specifically about the two Division One teams from right here in this state. It is Cat Grizz on Saturday, doubleheader in Missoula. Uh, But first, Montana has to play at Eastern Washington tonight, and Montana State has to play at Idaho tonight. The Bobcats coming off of a 67-52 win over Weber State. That's MSU's uh, fourth straight conference victory. They are 5-1 in league play. And Montana coming off an 84-55, excuse me, an 84-55 win over Idaho State. That moves the Grizz to 3-3 in league play. They are 0-3 on Thursdays. And, uh, Three and three on Saturdays. Let's start there with Montana head coach Travis DeCure. I asked him about that into this interview, but uh, here's Coach DeCure's thoughts. First of all, the Grizz hit 13 three-pointers on Saturday, spread the ball around. They had six players score at least nine points. They looked really good offensively. Idaho State, a little bit downtrodden. I don't think they're very good. They were also missing two of their starting players, though. Uh, Austin Smiley and uh, Jared Rodriguez were both out, so... I don't know, grain of salt, but either way, a win's a win, and uh, Montana had to have the win considering they play the two best teams in the league their next two times out. Here's Travis DeCure following Montana's victory. This is the Montana Basketball Hour presented by Blackfoot Communications. You guys are shooting the ball well from deep this year. I mean, what do you attribute that to? We've got good shooters, um, but but I think we've had good shooters in the past. I think our ball movement is just a lot better. This, this is We play more of a pass uh, pass, turn, read, react, offense, more so than we have in the past. Um, we played, you know, a lot of ISO do- in the post, uh, or we've had guards that just dominated the ball. Um, but but they were really elite in those situations. This team is far better when they move the ball. What is it about Saturdays? <laughs> you guys are 3-0 on Saturdays. Backs against the wall. Um, you got more to lose in the game. But, but I, I think that the reality is is that we look in the mirror on Friday. We need to start looking in the mirror on Wednesday. How do you do that? How do they do that? How do you do that? That's maturity, right? And, and it comes from the coaching staff in terms of reminding guys. But that, that's an individual growth um, in, in terms of having a good game or having some success as a unit but still going back and, 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 and really concentrating on the areas that you can still get better at and, and remembering what you did do well and trying to do it again. Brandon Whitney played better 
tonight. Uh, what, what went into that? Or I mean, I guess how big is that for you guys when he plays like he did tonight? Brandon Whitney's a good player. Um, he can't lose sight of that. He can't let how someone decides to defend take away his aggression. Right? He showed it tonight. Everyone defended him the same way they had tonight. Same thing with the Idaho game. And, you know, it, it's just his level of aggression. I think being ill the week of NAU and Northern Colorado kind of carried into Thursday's game. He just didn't have a lot of energy, a lot of juice. Um, but but he let his, his defense get him going. Right? He gets in there, gets some steals, gets his hands on some balls, got some rebounds, and pushed the ball. We got in transition. He's dangerous in transition. Montana needs Brandon Whitney to be good. It's the Montana Basketball Hour presented by Blackfoot Communications. Travis DeCure, Montana head men's basketball coach, joining us. The Grizz 84-55 over Idaho State on Saturday. Whitney had only scored two points in each of the previous three games, only played 19 minutes in each of those previous three games. Exact same stat line. Two points, 19 minutes, three games in a row. He did have... Uh, he was ill. I don't know what sort of ill. I, they diagnosed it as a non-COVID illness. Who knows what that even means anymore. But he, he was sick, and now he's feeling better. And uh, he said exactly that in the post-game interview. You can find my post-game interview with Brandon Whitney on the Big Sky Breakdown podcast. But they need him to be good. I mean, this Grizz team remains a work in progress. Uh, I have been trying to... wrap my head around... The uh, I don't know. I've been trying to wrap my head around the the regression of the men's league. I know that's an unpopular thing to say, but the, the men's league is just not nearly as good as it, it once was. It's just not. I, I could go off about it forever if you wanted me to, but I'm not going to waste your time with that. But then I've also been trying to wrap my head around the fact that Montana is just not what they were five years ago. But that still doesn't mean that they're not going to fit into the scope of this league as a competitive team. That still remains to be determined. Andrew thinks they're a little bit better than I think they are. Uh, but they, I, I do think they have a chance to play their way into a bye when it's all said and done. I also think, though, that this next couple games defines what will, will be at least part of the defining moments of this Grizz season. Playing at Eastern Washington and hosting the Bobcats at home, I think they got to figure out a way to be competitive in these games, I don't know. If, I don't know if they have to have a split. A sweep would obviously be tremendous. It would really, really vault this team. Um, but I digress. On the Montana State side of things, they took care of business against Weber State. Weber came to Missoula on Thursday, got just their third win in the last 12 years in the Garden City. But then Montana State dominated the action on Saturday. Cats are up 39-19 at halftime. And uh, they ended up cruising to a 67-52 win. That late second or late first half run to close the the first half up twenty was so much about the defense. Here's Danny Sprinkle, Montana State head coach, on exactly that. Well, that that's what we do. You know, when we're playing our best, we're getting stops, and then we can get out in transition, and our energy is just different. You know, and that's like a lot of teams in the country. But you know, I'm I'm disappointed with the first you know four or five minutes of the second half. We got to be more mature than that, and we got to come down and execute better. But I mean, they scored like there was a couple times where they scored like five, six times in a row in the second half, multiple times. And so there's a lot of stuff we got to clean up. But I thought our guys, you know, especially the energy in the first half was uh, was tremendous. They came out with a point to prove. Dylan Jones went crazy in Missoula on Thursday. You say, oh, Coulter, well, he only scored 17 points. Well. He did it without even really hawking or looking for his shot. He just took the shots that came to him. He was basically the distributor at the top of the uh, 
the offensive flow in the half court for Weber was the facilitator. And then when the ball came back to him, he shot wide open threes. But more than anything, his ability to hunt down defensive rebounds is a game changer for Weber State. But Montana State did a good job of that. He had 21 rebounds Thursday and just nine on uh, Saturday. That's below his average. I mean, Weber sets it up for him to get a bunch of rebounds, and he has such a nose for the ball. So keeping him to nine rebounds is an impressive effort. Here's Danny Sprinkle on limiting Weber State's star, Dylan Jones. Yeah, really good offensive team. You know, we had active hands. I thought we did a really good job guarding the three-point line. Um, you know, they only made four, and they're they're dangerous. You know, Junior Ballard, Verplank, and they, they got a bunch of guys. You know, Dylan Jones made five. You know, I thought our guys did a tremendous job on him. You know, he got to the a little bit at the end. He got he got a couple couple points, but I thought you know, Great Osabar did a great job on him. Sam, Caleb, everybody we put on him did a tremendous job because uh, he's one of the hardest guards in the league. You know, he's he's so big and fast and strong, and but you know, I mean, just a tremendous effort. Certainly one of the toughest guards in the league. Nuanas Down ESPN Radio, the Montana Basketball Hour, presented by Blackfoot Communications. Uh, as we mentioned, Montana at Eastern Washington tonight, Montana State at Idaho tonight. Here is Travis Takir on the Monday matchup with Cat Grizz on the horizon. What do you think of the turnaround? I mean, it is a sort of challenging turnaround, so how do you sort of manage it? It is, and it's easy to, you know, there's some people in our community complain about it a little bit, but it, the, the, the rationale is that we want to play Bobcats on Saturday, doubleheader, twice. And so the schedule's got to be worked around that, and so it, it's the price that we pay, right? We just got to take advantage of it. They played tonight, too, so it's a quick turnaround for both of us. Now, they didn't play Thursday, but it's still a quick turnaround. Uh, we just got to go play good ball, and whether you're on the, on the road or at home, you just got to play your best basketball. So it's out there for us. It's an incredible opportunity to parlay a couple in a row uh, and, and also be the first team to give them an L if, if we can make it happen. It would be a huge win if Montana could win at Eastern Washington tonight. How about Montana State having to go to Moscow tonight? Danny Sprinkle on the turnaround. Like I told our guys, it is what it is. That's the schedule. That's the schedule. You know, other teams are going to have to do it. Uh, even at the end of last year, we had to play four games in the last, whatever, seven days to finish that season off last year after some of the COVID cancellations. And, you know, there's there's no excuse. Everybody's going to do it. And, you know, our guys, we'll, we got to get rest. We got to get treatment. And, and we'll be ready to go. It is an interesting fold, though. I, I'm not saying I don't think there's any sort of bias or favoritism or this is a disadvantage or anything like that. There's a definitive thing, though. Every school in the league gets to have a couple different uh, suggestions in terms of the schedule, whether it's their facilities being used for something else or they have something going on on campus or they need this specific thing to happen. Well, there's only a few rivalry, true, true rivalries in this league, and Montana-Montana State is one of them. The Cats and the Grizz, they want to play doubleheaders, women first, men second. So to facilitate that, you have to then skew the schedule a little bit. Well, the way that the scheduling matrix works now with just 10 teams, that means you're going to have these one-off Monday games like the Cats and the Grizz have tonight. So basically you get to decide, hey, we want this Saturday all alone without a Thursday game. That's great. What do you got to do? Well, you got to play your Thursday game on Monday then. So that's sort of the the reason why uh, for the logistics of this scheduling, why the Lady Grizz are at home tonight, the Montana State women are at uh, in Bozeman. I guess Idaho and the uh, men's teams or on the road. The Montana Basketball Hour, presented by Blackfoot Communications. We're going to transition to some football, more transfers for the Grizz basketball, or for the Grizz football team, excuse me, plus uh, some retentions on the Montana State side of things. Get you all caught up. Keep it right here. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. 
Bobcat fans. Support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Tommy Evans, our engineer here at Missoula Broadcasting, and also a DJ over there on the trail, he asked me late night the other night, I, mean, I could actually have like a whole book, late night texts from Tommy. But he said, what are your 10 favorite songs of all time? I said, man, there's no way I could give you one. I could probably give you a list of like 117. Or if you asked me genres, I could give you like... 10 to 15 in each genre. <laughs> but I was just thinking about some of my favorite songs, and uh, we're listening to uh, some of my favorite songs. Today, here on Nuanas Now, got to love Tom Petty. Never forget when I saw him at the Gorge. So glad I did get to see him when I did, and uh, rest in peace to one of the all-time greats. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN MT app. It's the Montana Basketball Hour. How about some football, though? The Grizz continue to... Uh, hunt the NCAA transfer portal to fill some gaps on their squad. Uh, they do return Alex Gubner, a all-big sky defensive tackle, but they lose Derry Todd and Eli Alford, a couple guys who were solid on the D-line a year ago. The Grizzles should have uh, Jacob McGowan back and Cale uh, Edwards as well at the end spots. But they got themselves another Power 5 draft down, Hayden Harris. Six foot five, two hundred and fifty pounder. He's a grad transfer from UCLA. He hails from uh, Mill Creek, Washington. He went to Eastside Catholic, which is a prominent high school there in the Seattle area. Uh, Eastside Catholic's actually been a place where they've had a couple guys with Big Sky Conference and even Montana or Montana State ties matriculate through there in between college coaching jobs, and so uh, it's a it's a place that Montana, Montana State, Eastern Washington heavily recruits. And uh, so getting a guy out of there, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a previous connection from Hayden Harris to the Grizz football team. Uh, Andrew, do we know anything more about this guy? This one was sort of just uh, dropped. School does start this week at the University of Montana, so uh, we might hear one or two more because these guys got to get enrolled in classes this week to be able to participate in spring ball. But this is now five, count them, five transfers for the Grizz, including four drop-downs from the FBS level. Do we know anything more than just uh, a big older guy in Hayden Harris. Do we know anything more than that? Not really, Coulter. I love that you brought up Eastside Catholic. Great power over there in the Seattle area. I think the one point that I would make is that he is a little bit older guy than some of the other transfers they've been bringing in this offseason. Everybody talks now. You can you can grab transfers to plug holes for a season, or you can grab guys out of the portal who you can have for some years to develop. A bunch of the other guys they brought in this offseason are guys with potentially three years of eligibility left. Hunter Harris has been at UCLA for four or uh, Hayden Harris, excuse me, has been at UCLA for four years. He hasn't played a ton there, uh, but this is a guy with a lot of experience. He's uh, he's a redshirt senior this year, so we'll have this year and maybe his uh, extra COVID year of eligibility if he likes to take that. Uh, so just a little bit more experienced guy than some of the other transfers the Grizz have been bringing in this offseason. 
his from the very brief amount I've been able to watch his film and sort of study up, it looks like he's going to be sort of a, a an end slash stand up outside linebacker type guy. Um, one of my biggest questions is how long does the Grizz stick with the current defensive scheme that they're running? The three three five has been much talked about and much analyzed. Part of why they think that they ran it when they first came in, when Bobby Houck and his staff first came into Montana was, well, first of all, stems from Coach Houck's time at San Diego State, and the three three five stack is is certainly uh, has derivatives and, and ties to the system that Rocky Long ran for quite some time, the former San Diego State head coach. And uh, but also part of the reason why Montana ran it was – because it's it's a way that you can highlight your top playmakers, specifically tacklers, and maybe mask some other deficiencies, particularly when it comes to the size and depth that you have along the defensive line. But now here they are entering year six and season five under this coaching staff. And I, just, I you just wonder uh, if maybe they could they could s- just change to a, a a less vulnerable scheme. Here's the thing. I think every single scheme you can run in college football is going to be good if you have the personnel to run it and you also have the uh, self-awareness to be able to make tweaks to it when things aren't going right. I think that was the biggest demise of the Grizz last year was I think that they had a really – I mean, they never even went to personnel packages. They, they, they rotated a lot, but they didn't have different personnel packages. It was the same thing, and I'm not saying they're running the same play. They're running all sorts of different pressures and stuff like that, but they don't have like a nickel and a dime and a viper and and some of these other packages. It just is what it, it just was what it was, and I thought sometimes that left them vulnerable over the middle of the field, especially in the intermediate and deep passing game. And then I also thought sometimes it left them vulnerable in the box, specifically against the heavy run teams like uh, North Dakota State and Montana State. And I think that's why they gave up rushing yards in just bunches. Uh, in those games. So regardless, I digress, but I, I thought that maybe we might see a, a s- systematic change for the Grizz in terms of coaches and schematics, uh, but as of right now, none of that has occurred, and uh, so we'll see. We'll see where where, uh, where Hayden Harris fits in a UCLA drop-down uh, to the uh, Grizz football team. I also think there's a lot of stuff going on with the portal right now. Last point I'll make here on the Montana Football Hour. The way recruiting has changed in the last 8 to 10 years is nuts. When I first started covering recruiting hardcore as a sports writer uh, in the newspaper world, and then when I started my own deal covering Big Sky Conference recruiting, specifically kids in the state of Montana, I think back... Hardly anybody had Twitter. Hardly anybody had Huddle. And this was not that long ago. We're talking about, like, I mean, we started, I, I went independent as a journalist in 2013. We started Skyline Sports 2014. First time we really started covering it heavily at Skyline 2015. So we're talking seven years ago. And it, it was like hardly anybody had any, hardly anybody, I guess it wasn't mainstream for high school kids to have Huddle and Twitter quite yet. That that There was a tipping point where that shifted pretty quickly when I was first covering recruiting, it was calling high school coaches and you know having sources inside the football programs and getting tips. And then sometimes I would have like the assistants would give the kids the, my number when they would commit and say, hey, just give this guy a call and then he'll talk you through it. 
And, and that was when it was really fun because it was it was like doing detective work. But then all of a sudden, everybody's blessed and honored to receive this offer and that offer from everybody, and it's just littering Twitter all over the place. And then all of a sudden, everybody, no matter if you're in Fairview or Broadus or Culbertson or Big Sandy or Sunburst or Cutbank or Shoto or whatever, everybody's got Huddle. Every single kid on the earth has a highlight tape if you want to put it together. So I, I think that makes the recruiting for the college coaches way harder. I think that's why primarily Montana, Montana State recruit out of their individual camps because they get to see guys and evaluate them live and in person. But then there was this sort of moment in this arc of recruiting where it was just like an un- unbelievable flood of information on social media and guys were tweeting constantly about their offers and their commitments and their decommitments and all this sort of stuff. Well, now with this one-year, one-time transfer rule and all this extra eligibility and all these grad transfers and the portal and all this different stuff, the amount of factors that are involved now are incredible. But I do think when it specifically comes to the FCS programs recruiting kids out of the NCAA transfer portal, I do think that the coaches are telling those guys, mom is the word. Don't be tweeting I'm blessed and received to have an offer for Montana. Don't be tweeting, blessed and offered to receive a, or blessed and honored to receive an offer from Eastern Washington or Montana State or whoever. Because when you do, that sounds the alarm for everybody else to get in the mix, and then they're, they're, they become more coveted prospects, and it's more people to beat. I think that's why you're seeing these Grizz guys go from portal to then boom, on campus with the Grizz, that's it because they're trying to keep it under wraps. I think it's the same thing, though, across college football. It's not just a strategy that's unique to the Grizz. I do think, though, that uh, there's just, like, it just seems like there's not a lot of speculation moving up to it. There's not a lot of, ooh, will this guy pick the Grizz? It's just like, oh, boom, the Grizz got another FBS transfer. Who's this guy? We don't know anything about him. He is already with the Grizz. He committed. I think that there's something behind that. I, I really think that that's part of the way that uh, these teams are operating uh, in the uh, in this crazy, wild, murky world of college football recruiting. That is the Montana Football Slash Basketball Hour presented by Blackfoot Communications. Want to see how Blackfoot can help you grow your small business or if they have fiber in your area or uh, any sort of networking needs, go blackfoot.com, Blackfoot Communications, helping you connect to more. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you, all things NFL. Next, keep it right here. You want us now, ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine Delans of the Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, the Advocates can surely help you. There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions, that are driving recklessly or carelessly, and we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those driver's actions. You deserve an advocate. The advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills. So all you need to do is rest and get better. The advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com.